This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So yes, as of this Sunday, December 15th, the second phase of the government's uh, new um, rights for passengers, passenger bill of rights takes effect. Uh, And so it sounds good on the surface that now you, the traveler, have more rights. There's more obligation on, on the airlines to look after you. But is that an accurate overview of what's going on here? Maybe we need to take a closer look at what this all actually stipulates and whether it's as good as advertised. Someone who has been following all of this very closely is uh, Gabor Lukacs. He is founder and coordinator of uh, Air Passenger Rights, more at airpassengerrights.ca. Gabor, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Rob. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be back. Well, and it's important to talk about this because obviously, uh, you know, there's a need to make sure people are aware of this and and to understand what changes on December 15th. But uh, there's also, you know, it seems like a lot of um, optimism about this, that that something significant is changing, that this is all going to be very good for air travelers. Is is it as good as advertised, though? Unfortunately, uh, the new rules are shortchanging stranded passengers. Uh, You are very generously calling it an optimism. Perhaps uh, I'm less generous and I would say deception of the public by the government. I I am having a hard time to imagine that an intelligent man, such as uh, Mr. Garneau, who is very knowledgeable, has been an astronaut for many years, would not be able to understand that uh, in real life, things don't work like mathematical formulas. And Mm -hmm. I teach mathematics, but one of the things everyone and has to learn between theoretical science and real life is that in real life you work with human beings and uh, we work with entities such as airlines that we don't want to part from their money so they will do every possible trick not to pay the new rules make it very easy for them the new rules allow the airline simply to say when you're stranded delayed canceled flight that uh, oh it was due to weather or it was because of uh, maintenance issues and refuse to pay Right. And so what's really going on, though, then? Well, uh, what has happened is that um, I would say uh, the public and the media has fallen asleep. People people have been made aware of it a number of years ago that that things are going wrong. But over the past, uh, I guess, year, somehow this topic was put to sleep and and some of the mainstream media... Uh, created the false impression that now this problem is going to be solved. Um, so I know that you you did a lot to to draw attention to it, um, and many radio hosts have been talking talk shows have been discussing it. But in terms of the large masses, people don't understand what is going on. Well, let's start with you know, and you talked about what's supposed to be compensation for stranded passengers up to a thousand dollars in cash, which again, on the surface, sounds sounds positive. 
But uh, once you read the fine print, most of the common causes of flight delays and cancellations aren't, aren't even covered by this. That's exactly the problem. You've, you've phrased it way better than I would ever be able to do. I'm not a radio host. <laughs> uh, uh, but we've all got our problem, problem, yes. It, it's it's um, really a, a question that they, they promise you these bombastic amounts and the $1,000 are good for making headlines. But they forget to tell the public that the eligibility criteria are such that you will never meet it. In most cases, you will never meet it. What are the kinds of circumstances where, where it would apply then? That's something I would love to uh, hear from Minister Garneau. I would love to uh, see him take a witness stand or uh, at least a, a talk show where, where uh, the reporter is not uh, that's friendly with the government, but actually wants to push him um, and ask him those questions. This, give me five examples of cases where actually passenger will be getting compensation in the case of tragedies or cancellations. And, and also, he, because he's a minister, should know the facts, the prevalence, the percentage of the cases where it happens. So, you know, for example, if, if a pilot gets drunk, and that's the reason why you don't take off, right. perhaps that. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The entitling passengers to compensation, although the airline will surely say, oh, the pilot being drunk is outside of our control. But those questions would need to be asked, and, and, and the government and the transport minister should have been and should be put on the hot seat about it. So as you write, the airline only has to pay compensation if the delay or cancellation is within the airline's control and is for reasons other than maintenance. So weather issues, not in the airline's control. Maintenance issues, well, those, those don't count. So what does that leave us? You mentioned the scenario of maybe a drunk pilot. What else? It's hard, it's hard to imagine what would fall under, you know, under that definition then. Indeed, that's exactly the problem. What do we make of the fact that since the first part of these, uh, these new rights came into effect, uh, that there have been $45,000 in fines for Canadian Airlines? The government holds this up as, as look, proof that, that this works and that this is meaningful. But what does it say to you? It is ridiculous. $45,000 for airlines is like fining an average citizen 45 cents. We are talking about multi-billion dollar corporations. So, yeah. it, 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 I, I'm kind of speechless. I mean, what kind of warped thinking is to, to, to say that $45,000 is a lot of money for an average citizen, but not for a large corporation. It's, it shows that the government is not determined to actually hold airlines accountable. It is just a smoke and mirror, a dog and pony show. This new poll today, uh, commissioned by the uh, Canadian Automobile Association, finds that uh, most Canadians haven't heard or read anything about these rules. So a lot of people don't even know that there have been changes. Obviously, as you've alluded to, there's still a lot of misunderstanding about these changes. What, what kind of information do, do Canadians need to know about what their rights are, but also where, where there are shortcomings here? 
Well, unfortunately, the government is part of the problem and not part of the solution when it comes to the confusion. Um, as you have seen today, you can see a transport minister uh, take the the stand at a press conference and just lie into the cameras with open eyes, tell the public that that uh, um, those rules are actually going to improve things. Well, actually, they don't. Uh, when it comes to airlines misleading the public, for example, WestJet has had a for misleading information for a long time on its website, and uh, the Canadian Transportation knows about it for a long time. I informed them personally about it, and they are doing nothing. We've talked about this before, too. I mean, you know, there, there are models we can look to. There, there are rights that exist in Europe for uh, airline travelers that, that are meaningful, uh, that, that Canada could, could easily adopt. What, does, what would you like to see uh, Canada do? Europe indeed has the gold standard for passenger compensation. Uh, in Europe, if a flight is later canceled for maintenance issues, the airline is still on the hook and they have to pay cash compensation for the passenger. So I would love Canada to simply adopt the European gold standard. And I'm kind of perplexed why Canada needs to reinvent the wheel here. What do you make of the argument that, that something is better than nothing, that even if these changes aren't as good as they can be, that this is still better than, than how it was before? Well, how getting no compensation by regulation is better than getting no compensation without regulations. Mm-hmm. We need to, when you talk about regulations, you need to look at the practical side of it. It's not mathematics where you can talk about imaginary numbers. You need to talk about the real numbers, how many dollars a passenger will be getting. What about the question of tarmac delays? And, and you know, we've talked about this before as well, and, and there's been some very high-profile cases of passengers stranded for hours upon hours inside the airplane on a tarmac. What, what do passengers need to know about their rights in those situations? Unfortunately, the government bundled that up to um, they uh, more than double the time passengers may be kept on a tarmac from 90 minutes to over three hours, so three hours and 45 minutes now. So three hours and 45 minutes. Airlines can it's keep... It's a very long time. That is it, a very long it's time. A very, and, and just recently, as uh, in City News, um, I was... Uh, watching uh, Adrian Gobriel go uh, on, on live, and he was reporting, oh, by the way, one of my colleagues is now on a plane for something like five hours, a ridiculous amount of time. So um, those, even those rules that do exist, they are not being enforced. The idea is to create passengers this sense of everything is right, it's feeling good, uh, to be able to say when anybody complains, oh, but we have those rights, we do have the body to enforce those rights. In reality, it is completely uh, flexible plastic. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really like a, a set of rubber rules that if the government wants to interpret one way, they will interpret one way. If they want to interpret it differently, they will interpret it differently, depending on who the complainant is, who the airline is. In Europe, they have a clear system uh, which, where everybody understands what each person has to do, what obligations airlines do and do not have, and so on and so forth. All right, much more at airpassengerrights.ca on Facebook and Twitter as well. Gabor, thank you so much for joining us here today. I appreciate it. Rob, thank you very much for having me. All right, that is uh, Gabor Lukacs, founder and coordinator of Air Passenger Rights. Airpassengerrights.ca. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter as well, as mentioned. So he says these changes are really not meaningful, despite the government spin. Uh, so as much as Canadians need to understand what has changed, he wants Canadians to understand uh, that these are not really meaningful changes or as meaningful as they could be. 
Uh, and certainly the point about compensation for delays for stranded passengers. It's pretty narrow how that applies, as mentioned. You are not eligible for compensation for most common cases of flight delays. If there are weather issues, doesn't apply. If it's aircraft maintenance, doesn't apply. So you, you've already right there eliminated probably the vast majority of, of flight delays. So what does that leave you with? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.